Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben Spoonani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. So sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long drawers. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. Every little thing I do seems never good enough for you. You say, here's this nicknog again, but I keep winning. Baby, when you finally smell that trophy, guess why? It's gonna be me. (laughs) It's coming home. Allegedly. Allegedly. But why is it coming home? Because those who you went to go and mess up their countries and drag them from their, you know, from where they resided and all of this fuck shit, they're the ones helping you bring it home, Abby. (laughs) All the irony, the irony of it all. I mean, I wouldn't intentionally want to be singing NSYNC because there's that Justin guy there and all the madness that he was involved with that um, contributed to the life that um, Britney Spears was subjected to. But, you know, we won't delve into that. We'll save that for another day. But um, yeah, I just thought that that would be the best best song to remix um, or refix to talk about... um, just how, you know, the black guys, you know, are really, really doing it for the England team right now. And everyone's screaming, it's coming home, it's coming home. But you didn't want them to take a knee to protest the ways that they're being treated. But we'll get into that later on. Anyway, it is me, Kalechi, in a blood clot place to be. Welcome back to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, Suck Your Mom. I'm glad to be here. I did a six mile run this morning. I feel great. I feel hyped. It could be the CBD oil that was also put in my um, decaf mocha with coconut milk in case you need to know what I order when I order my drinks. That's what I usually have. Um, but that's by the by. Why am I telling you that? <laughs> Why am I telling you that? Um, but just felt that you might want to know. And also thank you ZH for the gift that you sent me via PayPal. I just think all of you are lovely with the, um, you know, the gifts that you send me in that. It's greatly appreciated. Um, but let's not waste time. Let's get into all of the things that are happening in the tarot and then just happening in the world generally. Um, taking this moment to say I appreciate you all for, you know, tuning in every week and um, talking about it on social media. I really, and I laugh so much when I'm reading your tweets. If you don't know this about me already, I just don't, I'm not very great at um, responding in a way that conveys how I truly feel. So if you just see bare emojis, understand that those are truly heartfelt emojis, right? I don't always use words. I feel like I use enough words on the podcast, but just know that you're appreciated. So if I type lots of ha 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 ha, I truly mean it. But um, I love that you talk about the podcast um, 
it just looks great even when I look at the insights and you know the stats and everything else just where you lot are listening from all around the world is an absolute mad thing for all of the people who have been booking um the tarot readings with me the one-to-one tarot readings um I'm surprised that so many of you are not based in England like it's like mainly America and Canada that tend to like grab up all the slots that I have available um for those who don't tend to keep up the spaces that I have for tarot readings, um, I prioritise those who are on my Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Kalechi Okafor. I prioritise those people. So I tend to say when I've put slots up on there and when they go and um, or if they not all of them are gone, then I'll say after like maybe an hour or so, I say on social media so people can grab the last spaces that are left so um, that's why you won't find availability usually because usually the people on Patreon take up um, all of the bookings and there aren't like loads anyway because I have to conserve my energy and I tend to only know when I'm available month to month so you literally just have to keep checking um, but yeah I, I'm likely to add some more spaces soon because yeah maybe um, end of July I'll, I, um, I'll put some availability there and I'll put some availability in August as well but we'll just play it by ear because I, I hate cancelling which is why I don't tend to put things up straight away. I like to know what I'm doing first and arrange things around that. But um, yeah, anyway, man, anyway, big up yourselves for coming and, um, you know, tuning in for another week. I truly appreciate you all. It's all great vibes here. Thank you to those who um, celebrated with me. My little feature in Vogue, British Vogue. Um, it's beautiful. Thank you for me, Feta, for um, interviewing me and talking about the pole dance studio and my aspirations for it as a black woman who's running a pole dance studio in this UK. It's really big, big, big that I've managed to be here for this long and um, yeah, even when I'm stepping back from like doing so much of the day-to-day activities and I've kind of um, handed that over to the new, uh, new studio managers, it feels good. It feels good to have space to do other things and know that the people who are um, taking up those roles now can be trusted. It's really, really hard for me to trust people with my work. And I take it as a personal affront, like a literal disrespect when um things aren't done properly or like I notice like lots of mistakes it's just like what the fuck are you doing it really aggravates me um but I'm learning to kind of be more patient and like give people time to um you know to catch up you know in all areas of my life you know whether it's you know agents or whatever whatever just um just understanding that I've got to give people to give people time to meet my pace because my pace is a mad one still um but yeah, it's, 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 it's good times all around. So now we just, we keep focusing. We all keep collectively manifesting that free G wagon from Mercedes. And quite frankly, the way that Mercedes are currently performing in Formula One, I think that if they gave me that G wagon, it will really shift their destiny. It really, really will. Just give me the free G wagon and you'll see that suddenly Red Bull won't be able to keep that pace that they're currently doing. Um, but you know, that's by the by you know, we'll see what happens there. So we're collectively still manifesting the G-Wagon. We're collectively still manifesting Black Panther 2. And we are collectively still manifesting the front page of British Folk. So I'll leave that with you all because you're doing such great work. I can feel the energy all the time. And I'm very, very proud of you all. Talking about Formula One though, I was actually thinking of introducing a mini section um, that's called Start Your Motors. So still S-Y-M. Because look at me. Come through, genius. Way. 
yes. Anyway, just so I can talk about my little snippets and have my little moment um, about Formula One, because I feel like I deserve it. Before I was going to like do a whole ass completely different podcast, but I don't have the energy or impatience for that. So I just think like a little section on here would be good. And like, for those of you who aren't really into F1, it'll be useful for you to just know, because sometimes I think that people, for instance, see me commenting on Lewis, 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 Lewis Hamilton's page. And they're like, oh my God, yeah, you know, she thinks he's really great and rah, rah, rah. And I really do. But for me, you have to understand that a lot of things are out of principle. It's out of principle of the fact that this is such a white dominated sport. And I see the way that they just try to like disrespect this guy constantly and for years I tried to stay out of it and just be like you know what it's none of my business because all of you lot are living the fast life doing what you're doing but as I see that he seems to kind of like be shifting and broadening his perspective I'm like why wouldn't I want to you know speak up and that so I the other day um he put up a picture of himself wearing purple and I said oh my god like wow in between winning all those world championships you still had time to invent the color purple clearly us blacks we understand that as a joke but those dry crusties those dry crusties that like stalk his page to write bullshit on that like that's another thing that gets me mad yeah the wild things that they write on this guy's comments and I'm just like the how do people tolerate this? Because I would have wanted to fight. I would have wanted to fight ages ago. But anyway, I wrote that color um, comment about inventing the color purple. What do you mean invent? What do you mean? I was just like, oh God, I just want to comment in peace without you lot coming to look for my trouble because they're constantly doing it. But if they want to look for my trouble, I've got trouble in abundance. I'm trouble. Yeah, trouble now. I'm trouble, y'all. Trouble in my town. I'm trouble. That was pink for those who don't know. Um, yeah. So I just felt like I'd share that. So maybe I'll do my little segment called Start Your Motors and it'll be all of five minutes and I'll just tell you Wagwan at the moment. And at the moment, what's really happening is that these lot are enemies of progress. Like Lewis has got seven, uh, he's a seven time world champion and he's going for his eighth world championship. And suddenly the FIA have changed the rules, which means that the car, the, the way that they built the car, that Mercedes have built the car previously, no longer qualifies. So they've had to change the car. Meanwhile, all of a sudden, everyone's going faster. Like Red Bull is absolutely blowing. Um, and during qualifying, even McLaren were doing good. Um, as well. And it's just, yeah, I just feel like it's one of those things where they're kind of like, well, um, it's a white man that set the um, standard before, like Michael Schumacher set the standards before. And we don't really want um, a blackie being the one to come in. You know, I know he's biracial, but, you know, coming to come in, shift all of that so you can match him. But for you to now come and get eight world championships, baby, no, not on our watch. Um, I'm hoping that it's not that sinister, but I just feel like it is. So I just hope that it changes because the very culture of it just feels a bit like oppressive. But I'm hoping that like with more, uh, well, I'm, let's look, let's wait and see anyway, because Hamilton's got this, he commissioned this kind of uh, whatever research into um, what the barriers are as to why there aren't, there isn't much diversity in motorsports. And clearly, I mean, I can tell you even in the middle of my sleep, if you wake me up at 3am, 4am, I can tell you that the reason is racism, but sometimes it's good for other people to do their own working out. So we'll see what the findings are and how that's received by the motorsports community. But um, 
yeah, I just fucking love it. Like, if you don't know about that about me, well, you should. If you've been listening to this podcast, you'd be aware of that because I've mentioned it in passing. But um, yeah, so I'm just thinking about that. I'm just thinking about that and we'll see where I go with it. Um, But I just think it's important to kind of not let people feel so lonely in these industries because sometimes the gaslighting is very, very mad. And once they get into your mind, then it can start like really playing with you because for years it was just like, oh, the reason that he does so well is because he's got the fastest car. Um, and now other people have faster cars suddenly, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a great driver, but are you a great driver or do you just have a fast car? Because that's what you were saying about other people before. But you know what? I haven't even gotten into the tarot, so let me just shut up and get into the tarot rather than telling you, telling you all of that. Um, tarot this week, the question that kind of, or the inspiration that really came from spirit was to talk about friendships. So let's talk about it. The first card that came out is the uh, star card in reverse. And then we've got the king of cups. Then we've got the seven of wands, the seven of swords, the nine of swords, and then the 10 of cups in reverse. So what I'm getting here is that some of you, needs to kind of reevaluate what friendship means to you. Are your friendships truly a site of healing or are there, are they spaces where you're just there um, absorbing all of the emotion that somebody else has to give and there's nowhere for your emotions to go? Do you have boundaries in place? Seven of Wands that I'm looking at as well, the way that they're pushing these, um, that they're pushing these wands into the ground. Um, or it's when I look at seven of wands again, I think about like, where are you investing your energy? Where are you investing your, your emotions? Where are you investing your divinity? Um, because it seems like seven of swords here, like you're either investing it in the, in people who are really rather deceptive and you're just not clocking it. Like they are just very happy to take, take, take from you. Meanwhile, they don't, you know, it's like you're investing in those kind of people where they'll come back and say to you, oh, such and such said this about you. Okay, so what did you say when they said that? What what the fuck were you doing? When they said that, what did you say? I was doing um an R&D the other day, for those who don't know, it's called Research and Development. <laughs> Anyway, and we're looking at this script, right? And I said, and we're talking about friendships. And one of the things that I was saying is that a friend to me is the kind of friend that comes through and then says, and then I got arrested. Like, what I mean by that is like, if you're telling me that someone was chatting some bullshit about me, that story better end with, and then I got arrested because I want to hear what you did to bad them up you know, to correlate with the shit that they were chatting. If you're simply coming to come and tell me that, oh, such and such said this about you, done. Like, it makes me very, very uncomfortable because I'm just like, so you sat there and also what made them feel comfortable enough to say that fuckery around you? Like, what perception have you given them about our um interactions with each other or the quality of our friendship for them to feel like it's okay to talk some bullshit to you and that you're not going to chat back because I know that the people who know me and know my friends know that there are certain things that they cannot say around me about my friends because it's going to turn into fisticuffs immediately immediately jaws are going to get rocked but somehow they feel comfortable to say these things around you you know so that's the kind of energy that I get from the cards 
and or you're the one being deceptive. Why do you want to have friends that you can't really be yourself around, whether that's whether it's in terms of your sexuality, whether it's just in terms of your general, just your general demeanor and the general things that you're interested in. And sometimes you outgrow friendships. So if you've outgrown the friendship, why are you still trying to force yourself into the costume of that friendship? Like that friendship's done. You can't fit into the costume no more. You've got to move on. You've got to move to another scene. You've got to, you know, do something different. You've got a whole new role now. But some of you aren't being honest about the fact that you have changed and therefore you need, um, you know, to exist somewhere else. I'm getting another message coming through, but I'll, I'll, I'll think about that or I'll process that when I finish this one. Uh, thank you, spirit. Um, because then I'm seeing the nine of swords in, um, reverse as well. So there are things that you're going through and um, whether it's, um, cause I'm looking at 10 of cups in reverse as well. There are things that you're going through mentally, um, and you know, um, maybe some kind of heartbreak, right? And you can't bring yourself to talk about that with your friends. So if, how are they your friends? If when your heart is breaking, you can't let them know, like, this is what you need to sit with. And yeah, you have different friends for different things, but where are the friends for when your heart is breaking? Like, if all you're doing is everyday partying, every party after party after parties where they're seeing you, everyday shoe and bag, everyday heels, but you don't have the people that you can actually be like, I'm fucking struggling here. Like I had a whole ass plan for my life. I thought that I was on the right track and everything's fucking crumbled. I am in pieces. If you don't have somebody that you can do that with, you need to ask yourself why. That is not putting anything on you and, and shaming you in any way, but it's saying that you do need that. You do need to be able to have people that you can really strip yourself down in front of. I, I don't mean indecent exposure, you might get arrested, but um, really strip yourself down in front of and they find beauty in every aspect of you. They are able to hold space for every part of you that you bring forward. Um, Maybe that's not one person, maybe that's a group of friends, but all of this pretending that you're doing, that you're okay, that's a bit of a mad thing because you, you, there has to be someone that, that you let know that you're not okay. And yes, therapy is great. It's great. We all have our therapists, woo, 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 for those who are privileged, privileged enough to be able to access that, right? But I'm talking about outside of therapy, what else do you have as a support network? Like you need to start thinking about these things. Um, and then the other way that I'm seeing this is like with the star card in reverse, like some of you um, are wanting to start the process of healing and there are people who have the water, who have the balm for your healing. And so you don't want to block them out seven of wands here, you don't want to block them out and you're so used to doing everything by yourself, like, oh, I'm going to do all of these things. Or sometimes like they want to be able to help you, but there are certain ways that they need to go about being able to help you. They can't do it in a very obvious way. So you'll find that not all friendships are overt. And so this is coming to me more as people who have a specific like work environment. Maybe you've seen the other black person in a work environment and you're like, rah, why aren't we rocking with each other? Why aren't we, you know, buddies? But maybe they're helping you in a different way um, that's more conducive to the work environment than you realise. So they're having to kind of go into spaces that maybe you won't have access to and and speak and upon your behalf. Um and so, and do it in a subversive way. That's what I'm getting from the Seven of Swords because they realise that 
you do need that, that you do need that support. And they can see they're doing that for you because nine of swords, they're looking behind. They can see that you are feeling some kind of pain that maybe you don't share with the world. And, um, they want to help you with that. They want to turn that frown upside down, (laughs) but no, seriously, they do. And what's mad is that I had, um, so Leona Nicole Black, for those of you who are running me down for tarot readings, right? Leona Nicole Black has um, a new tarot reading service that she offers, which is a yes, no tarot reading. So it's a direct question. Like, don't come with all of your profound tiki hagar. It's literally a direct question. Will I, won't I, does this, da, 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 that sort of thing. And I did um, a yes, no. I hollered at her, paid my money because I always pay my money to my people then. Um, I hollered at her, asked her a question. And if this was similar, this was this reading that actually came to me now similar to what she said to me um regarding what I asked um as well um so yes no readings are great they're 20 pounds and she um Leona sends it to you as like an either an Instagram DM or a Twitter DM and she it's written out and she sends you the cards like the photo of the cards and just gives you your direct the direct answer to your question so you can holler at her on um Leona Nicole Black um that's Nicole with an um C-H-N-I-C-H O-L-E, Leona Nicole Black. Um, go and ask her about your yes, no questions, pay your 20 pounds and, um, get your life. Um, yeah, so that came to my mind while I was reading this right now, because it was like that for me, it was a re, uh, kind of confirmation of the message that I received that like people are helping you in ways that you don't realize. Um, so friendships aren't just the friendships that I guess that are overt, that, that are in your face. There are also people who feel friendly towards you who might not be able to show that, um, straight away. So they go about doing things for you in different ways. So I hope that that means that some of you are working at Mercedes and as we speak, you're working out how to get me my G wagon. Thanks so much. I really, really appreciate you. Um, no. So then, um, the next card from the spiritual seasoning for the soul deck is peace is always waiting for you to choose it. And I think that this is important when we are talking about friendships, friendships should always be synonymous with peace. Do you find peace? Do you feel peace when you're with your people then? Do you feel peace? Because if you don't, how the fuck is that a friendship? How the fuck is that a safe space? The friendship should feel like a safe space. You shouldn't just be seeking your friends out only when it's time to rave or only when it's time to just do, um, gossip and or do uh, do up negativity, which is the basis for some of you lot's group chats as well. And But again, again, who am I to judge? Because that allows you to get out your complicated feelings about the achievements of others and, and your friends hold space for that. So that's fine. But at some point, you lot are going to need to purge the energy in that group because it can't be every day hating on the fucking world like you lot are the only ones that are meant to have nice things and everybody else can get fucked you know um so that's something to consider like peace is always waiting for you to choose it choose peace sometimes I choose violence but even if sometimes when I choose violence I'm still choosing peace because of that violence so um that's something to bear in mind and then the card that we got from the wisdom of the oracle card deck is number 22 which I like it's very very pretty it's got a little black angel beautiful no black fairy it's got beautiful wings this is just a beautiful deck of cards actually if i haven't like stressed that enough to you the wisdom of the oracle card deck by colette baron reed it's really pretty in how people are depicted in it like you've got like lots of like black um fairies and things like that and it's just really nice um 
Anyway, number 22, the Oracle's message. There are moments in life when out of the blue, it seems that everything has been orchestrated by divine intervention. You feel blessed in ways that are difficult to express. It's as if the Red Sea parts in front of you and events come together to banish your troubles easily and naturally. You know deep down you did not deserve any of it and yet here you are. This is one of those times. Let awe and gratitude for all your blessings guide you now. Blessings for Pomme Life and oh, sorry. Anyway, carry on. Um, it's all part of my life now. Anyway, um, you are moving towards a deepening of intimacy in a unique and sacred partnership. You know you are meant to take make this connection. This union, blessed by the divine, will bring transformation and beauty to the world. This is also a sign that, even more important, you're being called to a deeper intimacy with yourself and spirit. With this new development, you will see evidence of grace in your life. Prosperity message says unexpected, um, unexpected windfalls and good fortune come your way now. You're in a phase where any difficulties or obstacles that have um, stimmed your success seem to disappear on their own. Be ready to receive. The windows of opportunity will open wide. Accept the blessings given to you now and don't forget to share them. Protection message says, humility is called for now as grace is an unearned gift. You didn't gain this by your own desires or actions. To be who you need to be, you can no longer do what you did. In a way, you have to hit rock bottom and what is required now is nothing less than total surrender. Then you will be blessed. I think that that's a word. Another person that I enjoy greatly that I've mentioned before is Ahime Ora. Um, she does ancestral divinations every week and posts the videos. And it's it's like... Every time she posts, it's like she's posting for me. Like, it's really mad. Anyway, I watch her pick a card readings on Patreon, right? Um, and, like, they always hit my soul so deeply. And the cards that I, the card that I picked last week talked about the fact that you don't like asking for help. And I don't. Like, I got dragged within an inch of my life in that reading. But I really don't like asking for help. So how can you have friendships when you don't want... Literally, this reading is, like, also, like, I'm dragging myself. Obviously, I have, like, my my bestie. Big up yourself, Lammy. Um, I have my bestie that I can say, like, this is what I'm going through. And they will hold space for me. And I know that they love me. And I love them, right? Um, But we don't communicate all of the time because we're just so busy, right? Um, but I know that whenever we do, I know that I'm safe in the, in, in their presence, but you know, it's about considering that sometimes you have to let other people help you in the meantime. Right. And so maybe an aspect of that is, um, a fear of them, not a fear of rejection, like asking for help and then not getting the help in the way that you want it, that sort of thing. Or, asking for help and having this subconscious and um, irrational belief that to ask for help means that you are incapable in some way or weak in some way because you've tied yourself to this idea of resilience and being strong and um, not understanding that with vulnerability is also a part of strength. Being able to ask for, for help is also part of strength because you have the wherewithal to know where your limitations are and where you need um, assistance in order to be able to move forward. That is also a sign of strength. It's not chucking your, your head into the ground and refusing to move from there. That is the sign of stubbornness and that doesn't always serve you well. So it's great to remember that. And then the final card, because this is a big boy reading. Huh, my mouth is even tired. Pause. 
Um, yeah, the last card is from the Zenju Earthlin Manuel, a Black Angel card deck, and it's the Lover, oh, right on target, the Lover card that came out, and it says here, Lover has an open heart, the nature of your love is not a thing projected out onto anything, but rather love is in your nature, it is you, you hold life sacred, your affection is highly respected for its tenderness and loving kindness, you honour every moment of life as a precious opportunity to experience the deep sensations of being fully alive, people often marvel at your ability to be passionate about things others would find mundane, you love the simple things in life, in the realm of wellness, your modelling of love helps those of us who find it difficult to embrace others, especially those who are different than ourselves. On your waking path, love comes through you so abundantly and readily that people want to possess it and you. This warm feeling that you bring can often be misunderstood and misinterpreted as a sexual advance. People do not realise your sensuality is used to communicate what you are feeling, whether it's sadness, happiness or needing attention. This can be confusing to people who cannot distinguish the difference between your desire for sex and the sensual um, slash the sensitive nature of the way you relate to people and the world. Sensuality is cherishing what the body senses through smell, taste, touch, sight and hearing. Being sexual is quite a different matter. For example, Although the rush of an ocean wave across your toes may stimulate sexual desire, the pleasure of the water alone is sensual. Check to see if you may have come, um, have some concern about portraying yourself or being perceived by others as too sexual or too affectionate. How do we remain passionate and alive when the sensual and sexual energy are confused? We may become subject to unsacred zones of abuse. The unsacred zone. Um, the unsacred zones disconnect us from the enjoyment of life. You must be cautious and able to set strong boundaries with a nature such as yours. On the sleeping path, you may be out of touch with the source of your love and, beginning, and begin to misuse your love equality to manipulate things and people for your own agenda. You may see your sensuality as limited to sex and feel that that's all you have to offer, especially if you feel that it will make you more attractive. A misuse of your love and nature by yourself or others impacts the spirit in a way that leaves you uncertain about sex, love and intimacy. Eventually, the soul is deflated in the misuse and abuse. Your beauty is condensed into a limited box of the love that is dependent on others. You may become subject to more abuse in this condition. Remember, your sexual energy is beautiful and precious. Your soul revival entails, re, um, entails awakening the sensory awareness in every part of your life by doing what you love to do. Get hungry for your life. The lover's passion can revive your soul when your energy is on the path of true love. Your electric energy is both creative and spiritual and can be used beyond satisfying the physical body. You are beautiful, erotic, passionate, and much, much more. That is a word. That is a word. I felt really disconnected sexually and sensually for some time um, as I went through or as I've undergone this sort of transformation or shedding as um, some might see it. Um, how do I explain it? How do I articulate it? Well, I was looking the other day, you know, when I was talking about the fact that, you know, I was in, I'm in the new uh, issue of British Vogue, right? Um, and I was looking at my image and I was thinking about myself um, years ago about where, not even 2017 me, let's go to there. Like, you know, I've discussed it on the show with Sadiq before, but, you know, never really like went all in and broke it down. But 
2017 me till now, so many things I've had to shed, like even like my wigs and stuff between now and then, you know, cutting my hair, all of those things, they were just instinct, like they were just instinctive things, like intuitive things that I just went to go and do because I felt called to do them. Like my piercing, so many of my piercings came out, my tongue piercing, my nipple piercing, my clitoral um, hood piercing. Not that any of these things are bad in any way whatsoever, because I loved every single fucking one of my piercings, right? But it just seemed like something was happening about spirit trying to get me to reconnect and really see myself beyond all the artifice, beyond all of the things that I've attached to my body in order to signify um, beauty or, you know, and for some, doing those things is a reclamation of their body, right? It's a reclamation of their sensuality. And so we all have different modes of going on the journeys that we go on, right? And so for a specific um, length of time, those things served me in a specific way of helping me to reclaim my body and to have access to my sensuality. Then it's almost as if spirit crept in and was just like, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. Like I had, I used to have two dermal anchors in my back, you know, those little small dimples in your lower back. I had, used to have two dermal anchors there. And I remember 1st of December, I think it was like 2000 and what, 2012, one of them just got infected out of nowhere and I had to go A&E to have it taken out. I left the other one for a bit. Eventually I had to take it out because I didn't want just one diamond like stud left in there. My tragus piercing started irritating me. I had to take that out. And I, I remember my mum saying to me, she was like, oh, um, I had the dream and you're going to take out all of your piercings eventually. I was like, ha ha, not going to happen. Not going to happen, baby. And lo and behold, we're in 2021 and every single one of my piercings is out. I've only got like my two um, holes for my um, ears pierced. Um, and I say all of that to say like, I look at myself in the mirror now and it's like I'm looking at a different person. But... I feel like I'm looking at me. Do you get me? Like I'm looking at me. And so loving me, I'm loving me as opposed to all of the other things that I've attached. And again, I'm stressing that um, it doesn't, you can have those things and they're part of you, you know, and your journey right now. But it seemed like there was a specific reason because of the kind of subconscious conditioning that I had with myself, why these things needed to go um, so that I could see myself truly bare and understand where the beauty truly resided in me. And it's something that I'm still coming to grips with. I'm not going to sit here and start talking to you about, yeah, and I just love myself and I just embrace my body. Nah, because it's real hard work. It's really hard work, like not being able to reach for the things that you know are standardized um, um signifiers of beauty right so even my wigs um or uh, wanting to go for my wigs and spirits like nah you're not wearing that either i know that you love it i know you love a wig and i'm not saying that you won't ever be able to wear your wigs you um that will be an option for you but right now you can go and do your thing you can go and lock up your hair you can go and do all of those things but you're not having that wig so the only i think that we're still fighting is this um going moving to a more plant-based life thing i don't know what spirit's trying to do with me but I better be able to still be able to skin out my pom pom yeah yeah oh sorry that was a deviation but um yeah, I still feel like I'm very much still me in the essence of me. I'm still, you, you know, doing what I'm doing, but I definitely noticed that shift that happened in, um, how I'm physically presented to the world and, and being able to stand in that. And I think it's so interesting that 
when all of these things were stripped away, suddenly my videos are flying around the world and, you know, going viral. And I think that there was something in there about being seen by the world as just who, what I look like, as who I am, without the makeup, without this, without that, like, this is just me, right? So when you do get all the other things, when I do hit you with a severe beat, when I do hit, hit you with a shoe and bag, and a 32-inch wig, you understand that a baby girl can switch it up, but it's important for you to meet me in this stripped-down state so we all understand where we're, where, you know, where we're moving from. So I say all of that to say that um, when one of the cards mentioned about having a relationship with yourself, having a friendship with yourself and spirit, I feel like that is where I've been. That's the space that I've been existing in, where I've had to form and continue to form a real trusting relationship with spirit, have that friendship first so I can and then easily identify the friendships that are similar to the kind of um, energy that I feel with spirit. So I hope that that serves you in a way that I've described it, or I could just be chatting shit. Um, but that's that for tarot this week. I pray that it resonates with you. Like always, do um, uh, tag me and talk about it online. I'd love to hear your interpretation of the cards. So anyway, let's big up this um, week's show sponsor who are ExpressVPN. So thank you ExpressVPN for sponsoring this week's um, episode of the podcast. Um, as you know, I I definitely, even when, you know, even when I'm not meant to be talking about ExpressVPN on the podcast, I'm usually telling you lot that you should have a VPN, especially if you're in Nigeria, for instance, where that fool Buhari told you that you can't be using Twitter. My friend, you could do whatever the fuck you like and you can go and use ExpressVPN and access Twitter and do all of those things there. I think that they've even been told that they can't actually do that, that they can't stop citizens from being able to use Twitter. But that's, you know, that's by the by. Anyway, we all take little risks every day when we go online, whether we think about it or not. We think our connection probably won't be interrupted by our hackers. Our data probably won't be used against us. But using the internet without ExpressVPN is like driving without car insurance. Why would you take the risk, right? Every time you connect to an unencrypted network, cafes, hotels, airports, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your personal data, whether it's your passwords, financial details, your nudes, all of them things there. It doesn't take much technical knowledge to hack someone just some cheap hardware, a smart 12 year old could do it too. And your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling personal info on the dark web. ExpressVPN acts like an online insurance. It creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so hackers can't steal your personal data. It'd take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. I want to know how they tested that out. Anyway, and ExpressVPN is simple to use on all your devices. Just fire up the app and click one button to get protected. So secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com forward slash straws. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash straws. And you can get an extra three months free. So yeah, jump onto expressvpn.com forward slash straws and go and get your encrypted life. So anyway, now for Share Your Magnificence. Hmm. So this week for Share Your Magnificence, I want to go back to last week's Share Your Magnificence, who was um, Shakari Richardson, and um, talk about the fact that um, I think she's not allowed to go to the Olympics now because um, they she was tested and um, weed was found in her system. Remembering that a week before, 
her mom her mum had um died a bit a week before her racing for the trial you know doing the trials or whatever um her mum had passed away her biological mother had passed away and yeah so they're saying that she's set to miss the um Tokyo 2020 um you um tr- uh, games the Olympic games um and so obviously people have come out in full force like why would you do that why would you ruin it for yourself why would you even do that and it just makes me sad you know because I feel like the world doesn't really hold space for black women to just be human. Like, that was one of the things that she tweeted. She tweeted, I'm human. And I thought to myself, yeah, she's human. She's 21 years old. She's a little girl. She's a little baby girl. And she's lost her biological mother. She's grieving. She's going through more things than we probably realise. And then... um weed which I don't actually see how it affects her performance because weed if anything slows you down and mellows you out so if she's still able to blow past all of you lot um with weed in her system you should be grateful like at least she's trying to make the race fair until that girl that girl Shellyanne until Shellyanne comes through because you know that that is that is a fast that is a fast woman yeah so Shellyanne Fraser Price when she comes through then it's a madness right but at least she's trying to make it fair in the meantime. But, um, yeah, I just felt like it was just very harsh. It was just very unfair, um, how people were talking about her. Um, the article here says the 21 year old won the hundred meters at the U S Olympic trials in Oregon in June. And earlier this year ran the sixth fastest time in history, but the Texans positive test means her qualification result has been expunged. Um, she wrote, don't judge me because I'm human. I just happen to run a little faster. And I thought that that's true. Remember that upon all the amazing things that all of these black sports women can do, they are still just human. They can just do the things um, a lot better than the rest of us. Um, the athlete's positive test came at the Olympic trials event where she finished well clear of the 10.86 seconds. Um, the trials came just a week after the death of her biological mother and Richardson explained she had used cannabis as a way of coping. She said, I apologize for the fact that I didn't even know how to control my emotions or deal with that during that time. Um, as Richardson was given her interview, the US anti-doping agency announced that she had accepted a suspension for what it said and was a substance of um, a substance of abuse rather than for enhancing performance. Yes, exactly. The rules are clear, but this is heartbreaking on many le- um, levels. That's what one of the um, anti-doping chiefs said. Hopefully her acceptance of responsibility and apology will be an important example to us all that we can successfully overcome our regrettable decisions despite the costly consequences of this one to her. The ban runs from the date of her provisional suspension, um, 28th of June. Um, Wow. In theory, she could be free to compete at the Olympics as her suspension ends before Tokyo's track and field program begins on 30th of July. But her results at the trials have been wiped out and um, they've said that her eligibility for Tokyo would be a decision for US track and field and the US Olympic and Paralympic Committee. Um... I hope that she still gets to go. She says, I greatly apologise if I let you guys down. And I did. This will be the last time the US comes home without a gold in the 100 metres, she added. Um, I'm 21. I'm very young. I have plenty of games left in me to compete in and plenty of talent that backs me up because everything I do comes naturally to me. No steroids or anything. Um, 
the incident was about marijuana. So after my sanction is up, I'll be back. Next time I step on the track, I'll be ready for whatever anti-doping agencies come and they will get um, what they need because this will never happen again. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope that she, I hope that she does get to race because like they said, it's not performance enhancing in the slightest. It's just that you know that it's one of the banned substances. But again, we need to really, really look at the way that, um, things like cannabis are criminalized meanwhile white men specifically just white people are making absolute fucking bank of cannabis like i even said today that i have a little of a um, little bit of cbd or in my decaf mocha like it's just cash like these things but it's white people had to come through decide that they wanted to profit off it and then now they're doing that meanwhile there are people who are still in prison like they're still in prison they haven't been released since cannabis has been legalized in so many different places they're still in prison for their charges and i think that that's fucked up like it's absolutely messed up how the criminalization of um certain drugs specifically are only there to um oppress um, black people and um generally oppress the working class and um I think it's fucked because meanwhile, the um, people who are in, you know, the higher classes, they love off their cocaine. Meanwhile, it's the black and brown people who suffer um, the um, the repercussions of them, them doing their enjoyment in their rich and fancy places. So, yeah, there's just so much to discuss there. Like, it's not as simple as like, oh, well, she knew better. Why, why did she do that? Because, again... Who does she get to? Who does she get to have her heart broken to? Just like the tarot said, where does she go for her heart to break? Right, I know she's got her grandmother. She's just got all of these things going on, and at twenty-one, she's trying to find the best way to deal with it. At twenty-one, I made some very stupid decisions as well, um. But I'm here to say that you know. I've grown from those things and I learned from those things and I pray that she does too. And I know that obviously people went trawling through her Twitter and they found some really like vile tweets that, um, she needs to address herself, especially because I think she said that she has a girlfriend. So she would need to go and really address her own, um, internalized homophobia and the things that she said there. But I just have a feeling that there's hope for her. I, I just have a feeling that she can, um, grow beyond this and, and definitely that she needs to apologize for those tweets as well. I just get the feeling that she's going through a lot and her world is changing in ways that she hadn't been prepared for. And I said this to you a lot on the tarot readings before that pray that you are ready for when your blessings arrive. Drag me, Lord. Sometimes we're so quick to want our blessings to come, 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 come now, now. I want my blessings now. But are you spiritually mature enough to be able to be the steward um, to your blessings when they arrive? Because more time the blessings arrive and then you start moving mad like, oh, they all coming so quickly. Um, the blessings are coming in my eye. Oh, so yeah, you've you've got uh, you've got to be prepared for those blessings, isn't it? So um, you know, bear that in mind. So um, Shikari, I I have every hope that you will be able to all of the things that you need to address. I I have every faith in you that you're you're able to do that, and I pray that you're you know you're able to see it through. Um, so yeah, had to address that, and then linked to that and linked to the Olympics is um this whole issue of swimming hats being um, banned, swimming hats for Afro hair being banned at the Olympics. So again, it's just bringing our attention to the um, anti-blackness that's just rife uh, within Olympics and within sporting generally that they try to kind of cloak as something other than what it is, um, just blatant racism. 
So there's a swim cap company called, I think they're called Soul Caps. Um, and I, Soul Cap, and I bought my swimming cap from them before. Although I must say that I still found that hair, um, water still got into my hair, but, um, they're a swim cap company that they um, make swim caps for people who have Afro hair and have like, just, yeah, just like long braids or whatever. So when I had my braids in, when I had my faux locks in, I was wearing this swimming cap, especially during my pregnancy as well. So it says here, soul cap is, uh, which is designed to accommodate for diverse hair types in swimming has been denied by FINA, the Federation for International Competitions in Water Sports, from their approval process to become certified to wear for competition swimming. While some swimming caps of a certain size um, and specifications are approved to be worn at the Olympics and international competitions, these larger caps produced by Soul Cap are not allowed and athletes will not be able to compete while wearing one. Those swimming caps were barred by FINA on the grounds that to their best knowledge, the athletes competing at the international events never used, neither required to use caps of such size and configuration. Um, the FINA committee went on to describe the swim caps as unsuitable due to them not following the natural form of the head. Co-founders of Soul Cap and their best friends, Tox Ahmed and Michael Chapman, um, say that they are disappointed in this failure to acknowledge the diversity of competitive swimmers, particularly in a year where we've seen such an increase in swimmers from ethnic minority backgrounds qualifying for the Olympics. For younger swimmers, feeling included and seeing yourself in a sport at a young age is crucial. FINA's recent dismissal could discourage many younger athletes from pursuing the sport as they uh, progress through local, county and national competitive swimming. How do we achieve participation and representation in the world of competition swimmers if the governing body stops suitable swimwear being available to those who are underrepresented? Discrimination in swimming has a long and dark history. Many have heard the stereotype that black people can't swim because black people's bones are denser. While there is no truth in this and the idea is steeped in deep-rooted racism, according to recent um, figures from Sports England, 95% of black adults and 80% of black children do not go swimming and part of that problem comes down to hair care. Um, Soulcap aims to break down these damaging and pervasive barriers to the sport for people with black heritage. Swimming never felt like a thing that the people around us were doing when we were kids, said Michael. When we were growing up, swimming was never really seen as a black person's sport and that meant the kids weren't chasing it, the parents weren't encouraging it and the teachers at school weren't promoting it. Tox adds that it's only in the years of being... um, it's only the years of being told swimming isn't a black person's sport that creates this narrative. It's also the lack of um, available kit for your hair type and not seeing many other people of colour competing. We feel the rejection comes from lack of thought without fully uh, full consideration for diversity and the different requirements non-white athletes may have. Um, I want to say big up yourself, um, Natalie Morris, because we've had Natalie on the show before and um, talking about her new book. Um, for writing this article and doing this uh, investigation and this research because it's so, so important. First of all, big up yourself, Soul Cap. Two slaps on your chest for actually creating the things that will allow us to be able to participate more in things like swimming. And to the FINA, you can go suck a bag of dicks, you fucking dickheads. What do you mean it doesn't follow the natural shape of the head? Yes, you bitch, because that means that there's lots of hair to hold on to, the natural shape of the head. All of these things that are said like, oh, well, those dimensions, we don't see why anyone would need that cap. It's so, like, the, the racism, the anti-blackness is so deep-rooted in a 
lot of these sports that for them to even sit down for a moment and have a think about it is absolutely mind-blowing and um, a lot of the themes for today's um, stories are sports related because obviously we're in that um, season at the moment Um, and more than ever it just makes you think about all the spaces that we're denied um, access to because of our blackness. Now, I've already talked about the racism that is linked with swimming in the episode called uh, Pools and Prejudice. So you can go back to listen to that one. But it's just absolutely mad that this is what they're doing. What would, how would it hurt you to just let people wear the swim cap? If it slows them down in the swimming, what the fuck does it have to do with you? Just let them wear the swim cap. And I said that when I was in primary school, the lack of access that I had to swimming meant that that it was in my adult years I had to take myself to swimming classes. And that's not fair. Like, I feel like every child should have access to swimming if they want to, and they should have the kit available to make that an enjoyable process for them. Not where they're going to have to be scrubbing their fucking scalp for five days because you didn't let them wear the swim cap that would be suitable for them to participate in this sport. So I just feel like it's dirty and it's nasty. But another one from Natalie Morris that I thought was great um, on the subject of hair as well is that now all UK hairdressers will have to learn to cut and style Afro hair as standard in part of the um, regulations that or the beauty regulations update. Um, It says here by Natalie that there's always been an accepted form of segregation in the beauty industry when it came to the hair care of black women and men. Most black people will know that it isn't possible to walk into any hairdresser on the high street and ask for even a simple cut or style. It is common to hear that the stylists aren't trained to work with Afro hair, but that's all about to change thanks to a shake-up in UK hairdressing standards. Afro and textured hair have now been included into one cutting and styling practice standard for all hair types. In the recent review of the National Occupational Standards for hairdressing, um, meaning that all new hairdressers will have to learn to cut black hair as part of their training. I don't know which one of you is going to go and subject yourself to have that done, but, you know, good for you. You're fighting a good fight. Well done. Um, Many current qualifications have no compulsory requirement for students studying hairdressing to be educated on cutting and styling afro and textured hair. This leaves a significant gap in professional professional knowledge and um, hairdressing services leaving this demographic largely uncatered for. I mean, we have our black hairdressers, but it would be great to have even more access to various hairdressers. But obviously, I'll still be sticking with the black ones, just letting you know that from now. But also, it means that when you go on film sets or, um, you know, when you're going to go and um, work on movies or even when you're going on the news, that the people who are um, tasked with looking after your hair, they actually know what the fuck they're doing rather than making you feel like some dirty animal when you step into there and they're like, oh, heavens, oh, I don't... mm, I think your hair's great as it is. Meanwhile... You've got a bush on your head, like literally a bush. I'm not even talking that. Your hair is a bush. There's a, Somehow you've managed to take a bush from outside and it's on top of your head. Um, and they're like, no, your hair is perfect as it is. That shrub looks really good. You just go out there because they're just so scared of touching your hair because, um, heavens, they don't know what to do with it. But in every other scenario, when they're not meant to be touching your hair, that's when you'll find their crusty fingernails right there in the middle of your scalp. So, um yeah, I think that it, it would be good to, for everyone to have a general basic knowledge of, um, you know, these hairdressers to have a general basic knowledge of how to interact with um, Afro hair types. But at the same time, 
what are, what is being done to address the stigmas around that? And are they going to be taught in a way that is an anti-black? Like, what's their literature going to be like that's teaching them about, um, you know, black hair, basically? Because we know that, um, you know, midwives um, are there and, you know, they're being taught wild things about black birthing people that they shouldn't be. And I heard that the NICE is now um, putting out a regulation that says that black women should be induced at 39 weeks, um, which I just, there's no rhyme or reason for that other than misogynoir. But, you know, everything's wild out here, fam. Everything is wild. And we just continue to move. We continue to move because I'm still trying to make sense of it all before I even cuss people out properly regarding that NIC, um, NICE um, regulation. Um, but we'll see. But yeah, I think that this is definitely a step in the right direction when we have it normalised within the curriculum for um people or for hairdressers to be taught about afro hair about how to cut and style it i think that that's necessary and for them to be taught by the right people um but a lot of the um notions and um underlying um I guess, like, um, oppressive narratives need to be addressed too. So that's that for Share Your Magnificence. That was long as fuck. Let's get to So You Mad. But before So You Mad, let me big up this um, second show sponsor for this week, who are Skillshare. Thank you, Skillshare, for sponsoring this week's episode. Um, because we all deserve to be creative and to learn new skills and to do wonderful things. I'm having the best time learning chords um, on my guitar and slowly, slowly getting there with being able to play at least one song. But every human was born to create, whether you um, last picked up a paintbrush yesterday or when you were in primary school, you can explore your creativity and be inspired. As I mentioned before, um, Skillshare is an online learning community that l offers membership with meaning, with so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives. Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth, and there are a number of ways, a number of ways that you can do that. There are so many courses that you can go and like, browse through and see what takes your fancy. Um, there is a course there that says um, that's called Productivity for Creatives: Build a System that Brings um, Out Your Best. And that's taught by Thomas Frank. And I think that that's um, cool. And there's another one called Artivism. I think I mentioned that before. Creates Inspiring Art for Change. And that's taught by Nicholas Smith. So they're just great classes for you to, or great courses for you to go and have a look at on there and see what you'd like to get involved with. Because, you know, some of us are still having that time to be able to think about, you know, new projects and new interests while the world sort of finds its feet again. Um, so yeah, do check them out. Whether you're a dabbler or a pro, a hobbyist or a master, um, you're creative. All of us are. So discover what you can and um, what you can make with classes for every skill level. Experience real improvement with hands-on projects and classes designed for real life. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to, um, compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. So Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com. That's S-K-I-L-L-S-H-A-R-E.com forward slash straws. That's Skillshare.com forward slash straws and get a one month free trial of premium membership. That's one month off of premium membership at Skillshare.com forward slash straws. So go and get your creative life. Now let's get to So You Mad. 
So this week on So You Mad, I thought I'd start with one of the voice notes that you all sent in because I thoroughly enjoyed this one. And by enjoyed, I meant that it got me annoyed. But um, I thought that it would be great for you all to hear it as well. Um, So yeah, let's start with this voice note. Hey, Kalechi. I'm going to try and keep this to a minute, but I don't think it'll be possible. Um, So I want to drag... Um, a company that I used to work for and now I no longer do called Company Thor, which is based in Brussels. Um, you dragged Belgium the other week and uh, I was so happy because, yeah, they're just a bit wild, really. Um, so basically, a member of the company, a dancer, a new dancer that they'd hired um, uh, called covid and the director wanted us, even though he was still testing positive, wanted us to continue to dance with him because we had a show coming up in the next two weeks. So me and the other uh, black dancer in the company decided to quit and told them to go suck out. Um, and, yeah, they continued. They did the show. They even did a show, um, two free shows, uh for the health workers uh in brussels so yeah um and when we told them that we didn't want to dance uh with this person because they were positive we were accused of discrimination yeah uh so yeah um so yeah they also said that uh because the black people decided they didn't want to play anymore, that it was a communal terrorism, which is basically a French term for reverse racism. So, yeah, they can all suck the fuck out and suck their mums. Um, yeah. And I really hope you read this out. My name's Valerie Uchichuku Ibuwa. I'm a proud Igbo woman um, from London who refuses to take shit from white supremacists. Wow. 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 That really should have gone in Straw of the Week, but I thought, like, you let me play it in So You Mad because, like, um, Straw of the Week is so um, heavy and, like, there's quite a, a bit to get through there. But imagine knowing that a member of your dance company has COVID and being like, you know what, girls, we're just going to perform anyway. That's totally fine. We're just going to go ahead with it. It's the way that people are just being so... It's weird how the the whole dynamic has changed from last year or 18 months ago when everything was absolutely mad and people were so super cautious and there was just like this energy of people being really, really fearful to now when people are like, oh, don't worry about wearing masks from the 19th of July. Don't worry, COVID doesn't care, you know? And we're not even saying that masks were 100% effective anyway, but the fact that you're not even trying to have that appearance of caution is very wild to me. But they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you've got COVID, don't worry. Still pirouette, still jeté across the stage. That's not a problem. COVID won't hold us back. And then you're performing for the health workers, the people that you should be keeping safe. You're going to take your COVID-infested breath into their direction. Absolutely mad. Absolutely fucking mad. But um, I thought I'd share that because I my, my jaw was just on the floor when I was listening to it. 
Um, my next story for So You Mad, um, the Namibian teenagers who are out of the Olympics, um, the 400 meters because of um, their testosterone levels. I will never tire of saying that this world is a mad place and everybody is fucking mad and they don't have enough people to tell them this. Um, but I'll read you what it says. It says here, Namibian teenagers out of Olympic 400 meters over testosterone levels. Um, Christine Mboma, um, who broke the 30-year-old world uh, 400 metres under 20s record on Wednesday, is out of the event at the um, Olympics after being found to have naturally occurring testosterone levels beyond those specified by world athletics. The time set by the 18-year-old Mboma on Wednesday in the Polish city of Bydgoszcz uh, was the seventh fastest 400 metres run by a woman of all time and suggested she was a prime candidate for gold at, in the event at Tokyo. But Namibia's National Olympic Committee um, has now confirmed Mboma and fellow sprinter Beatrice Masalinigi are unable to run the distance in Tokyo because of world athletics rules on athletes with differences of sexual development or DSD following testing conducted by the global body. It is important to understand that both our athletes were not aware of this condition. Um, the uh, Namibian um, Olympic affiliates, um, uh, people said in a statement, neither did any family member, their coach or um, any uh, any other person, basically. Mboma had enjoyed a remarkable career, breaking a series of personal bests, national, continental and global records over 400 metres. Her time of 48.54, nearly nine tenths faster than the mark youth set by East German athlete, um, athlete Grit Brewer in 1991, was so fast that she was suddenly a possible contender for an Olympic medal, especially after a week in which one main rival, Bahrain Sawa Idnasa, was banned for two years for breaching anti-doping rules. But Mboma's uh, ever-improving displays caught the attention of the World Athletics uh, of World Athletics, who requested pre preliminary medical assessments conducted in Namibia. Remember to, that I spoke to you a lot about Namibia before and the fuckery that Belgium was doing there and Germany um, when they were testing out concentration camps and gas chambers and that, that it was Namibia that they were testing it out in. So you already don't see black people, especially the Namibians, you don't see them as human, right? And then you get frustrated as fuck. It seems like such a Hitler type mentality to see a black person doing well and be like, mm, you know what, I want, I want to see their medical record. When white girls or white athletes do well do you instantly go to oh I want to see I want you to test them or do you just accept that they're just doing well even Maria Sharap over there it took everything in the world for you lot to finally test her and see that she was doping and even then she was she she still couldn't beat the best of the best right so white girls you'll just let them be you didn't let Casta Semenya rest because all of these stupid mediocre bitches that could not keep up pace wanted her out of the sport and so you um, honoured their fuckery and said that if she wants to run then she's going to have to take specific hormones and whatever the fuck else if if that's the case, tell them to take some take that tell them to take testosterone. Why does she have to take anything? If they're so pressed, let them be the ones that have to take extra hormones if that's what they want. But they don't want, but they want somebody else um to be subjected to that. They want a black woman to be subjected to that to, to appease them, right? And it's the same in this case. What what do you mean um um different developmental issues? What do you mean? If everything, if the benchmark for every fucking thing we have to do in this life are white women, 
then we're always going to be developmentally different, aren't we then, right? It's not my issue if these certain white women don't have um, um, certain levels of testosterone in their bodies. That is not my problem. Why has that become a me problem? That's for them. And especially since we start focusing on gender and abilities based on um, the hormone levels that we have and this level of testosterone and this level of this and this level of that. It's just so anti-black to me, especially in, when we're talking about black women, like who, uh, from what I'm hearing, generally, you will find that they have um, slightly higher levels of testosterone in comparison to white women. I don't know. I don't, that could be a sweeping generalization. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, is that even if it was the case, how is that now an issue for me? That's on the white girls then. That, that's not my problem. And it's always trying to find a reason why white women can't keep up. Step your pussies up go and sort yourselves out, like, it shouldn't be black women being, um, ostracized and disqualified from taking part in events because of the things that naturally occur in their body, because if it were naturally occurring in your body, it would be seen as a, you know, an advantage, a natural advantage, the same way that Michael Phelps and his lactic acid, Ihigi Hagar, and his wingspan or whatever, they're all seen as natural things that he has that gives him, you know, the cutting edge above everybody else. So why is it that black women just can't have what they have and be allowed to compete? Because either way, you're going to get left in the dust. Either way, you're getting left in the dust. So what now? But I just find the jealousy of that and almost like, you know, like um, that eugenicist mindset coming forward. We're just seeing eugenics coming back, just coming back in with a different name, right? You see a black girl absolutely blowing 400 meters and then you go, oh, you know what? Let's test her. Because for you, it's just, I can't fucking stand it. If a black girl is doing so well, I know that there must be something happening genetically and we're going to make that the reason that she can't do this and she can't do that. I'm surprised that they haven't tried the same thing with Simone Biles. That's going to be the next thing. Like, oh, black women can't compete in this because we found this level of hormones in your system so you can't do this anymore and I promise you if you fucking dare we'll just go and go and we'll go and start our own sports we'll go and start our own competitions and you can have your dry crusty unwashed unseasoned motherfucking competitions to your fucking selves you can do that because it's it, when you start playing around with that and you using that as the benchmark when you keep using white women as the benchmark, that's when we keep having all of these problems. So when you're now talking about fat phobia, you're now talking about body positivity, you're talking about all of these things when actually the whole reason that all of this came about in the first place, because you wanted to, you wanted to make that white women, skinny white women, you wanted to make them the norm. You said that they were the norm and everybody else who wasn't um, that skinny white woman was not the norm. But what happened is that you left out a whole group of other white women in the process. So then black women are out here trying to reclaim their bodies and, and, and loving who they are and in all their different shapes and sizes, especially um, if they, if they're, you know, if they're bigger, they're trying to love themselves in that way. And then lo and behold, that movement gets um, overtaken as well and gets whitewashed as well. And again, being made about white women. And while I'm just like, yes, you know, white women do your body positivity thing. It's at what extent? Because your videos and your pictures aren't getting deleted or you're not being shadow banned in the same way that big white and black women are being shadow banned. Like that's not really happening to you. So no matter where we look, even when black women are trying to create spaces for themselves to love on themselves when they're being left out of what society deems as the norm, usually sooner or later somebody will come and co-op the thing. so now I'm seeing like oh this is plus size and that is plus size and you're like that what do you mean plus size where 
But again, it's about shifting the narrative to what makes people feel most comfortable. And that's usually skinny, blonde, white women. And I'm tired of it. It's fucking boring. It's actually boring. And it's so dry. Like no disrespect to white women. Like you lot, you do your thing, but I have no desire to look like you or be like you in any way, shape whatsoever. And, and I think that's important to know because this being forced this, um, down my throat is the beauty standard. It's only going to get me more angry. Like I, it's just vile it's just well let's all exist as we are and appreciate that but something needs to change in how these competitions are constructed because if you keep saying that you're going to base certain things on hormone levels meanwhile um a trans woman a white trans woman is allowed to compete in certain other um areas because they are meeting the um, amount of estrogen or whatever that should be in their system everything's becoming a bit convoluted i feel like you know we have to have another way of demarcating um certain um categories for these sports that isn't necessarily based on gender because clearly like everyone's getting muddled up and they they're not sure what they want but they do know that they don't want black people to be there especially they don't want black women to be there so we have to start looking at this and at the same time there are some people i don't know if they listen to the podcast i doubt it because they would never send me that fuck shit if they actually did they're bringing up this trans woman who's now competing um or wants to you know is going to the olympics to compete and they're like oh but how can and then they misgendering right they're misgendering and they're doing that whole thing in my dms and everyone's catching a swift block because you can make your point without being transphobic and i will not stand for that fuck shit on my page like i don't i will not stand for that i think that that's some absolute bullshit so i don't want to see that at all but um yeah i'm just disgusted that yet again like black girls are being punished for being excellent we can't wear swimming caps because it's not the normal shape of the head to wear the swimming caps that have been created literally to be able to hold our hair um simone biles can't do the moves that she wants to do because they're illegal because the other girls can't do them and then now these two namibian girls can't run um the 400 meters because oh they've got naturally um high levels of testosterone in their system so they're not allowed so where can black girls um, like breathe where 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 because it seems like every fucking where somebody's got something to say and it's really fucking annoying but um yeah so i just wanted to kind of share that because i feel like it's a madness but anyway let's get to uh straw of the week aka suck your mum so this week for straw of the week, um, I've got like two stories and one of them actually comes with a voice note. Um, so I'll play that voice note as well, like I mentioned, and then that will be it. And I'll be out of your hair until the next week when I catch you. Um, yeah. When I see you smile, I can face the world. Oh, you know that I can do anything. Sorry, that's not even appropriate for um, Straw of the Week, but it just came to my mind and I wanted to sing it. Um, My first story for Straw of the Week um, goes out to the PC, um, Benjamin Monk. You can go suck your mother for an eternity, you nasty bitch. Um who he's been jailed now for killing Dalian Atkinson, the ex-footballer um, who died. Um, so it says here, a police officer who unlawfully killed Dalian Atkinson by tasering him to the ground and kicking him in the head has been jailed for eight years. Eight years. So now I need you to understand, right, why um, 
I know that people are upset about the sentencing that Derek Chauvin got because he got 22 and a half years and they were just like, that's not good enough. That's not good enough for what he did. But I need you to look at where we are in the fucking UK. This guy got eight years for killing a black man. He got eight years. And this is the first time in 30 years, I think, that um, a police officer has actually ended up being convicted and sentenced for killing, a, um, um, killing somebody, a manslaughter or whatever. And so to me, that's absolutely mad. So when we talk about, oh, you know, it's so bad in America, fam, we are in literal hell in Britain. What the fuck are you talking about? At least Derek Chauvin got 22 and a half years. This guy got eight years. Eight. Whew. It says here, PC Benjamin Monk, 43, discharged his taser three times and kicked Dalian Atkinson twice in the head, leaving boot lace prints on his forehead. This trial, that's what the trial heard. So I need you to process that again. Your Derek Chauvin knelt on the neck of George Floyd, right? This guy, um, Benjamin, he tasered Dalian Atkinson three times and then kicked him twice in the head with enough force that the, the print from his boot laces were imprinted onto Dalian Atkinson's head. Are you not understanding me? And this motherfucker got eight years. Eight years. This is the criminal justice system that we have in the UK, this motherfucker got eight years. Right. Anyway, the former Aston Villa striker died after the 2016 standoff after um, outside his father's home in Telford, Shropshire. Um, the jurors cleared Monk of an alternative charge of murder on the 23rd of June. Okay, so now they so oh my god, it's not murder because he, you know, he he there were no he wasn't um what is it, he wasn't preempted or whatever. Um, so it can be manslaughter because it was accidental. But how about it's still murder? And I like that um, Derek Chauvin's one was constituted as murder because how about it's still murder because you don't value black people's lives in the first place and so you would have set out to kill them anyway. Like, that is your motive as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, they're going for manslaughter. It says here he will serve two-thirds of his sentence before being entitled to release on license. So imagine that he gets eight years, only needs to serve how many um, before he's allowed to, to roam the streets again or um, ask to be allowed on license, and they're likely going to let him. Um, speaking after the conviction, the Independent Office of Police Conduct um, said it was the first time in over 30 years that a British police officer has been convicted of manslaughter in the course of their duties. Although there have been 10 murder or um, manslaughter charges brought against police officers since 1990, those accused have all either been acquitted or the case has collapsed. Hmm, I wonder why. Monk is also believed to be the first officer to face a murder charge after a person has been tasered by police. Passing sentence, Judge Melbourne in, um, Inman, uh, QC, told Monk, it should have been obvious to you the force was um, used was excessive. He said, kicking and tasering Mr. Atkinson while he lay on the street was beyond reasonable and told him you have let yourself and the force down. He says here, although they were difficult, you failed to act appropriately in the circumstances as they developed. But wait, you're saying although they were difficult, as in Dalian Atkinson was being um, difficult because he was, um, he had mental health um, issues and he was having a breakdown, I think, at the time. Um, difficult, is that the word that you want to use as the judge? Difficult? Because black people are just difficult, especially when they're experiencing a mental health episode. They're just difficult. Anyway, anyway, you're all fucked. It says here, the obvious aggravating factor is that you committed this offence while on duty as a police officer, because obviously he just committed it out of uniform. That's what you lot would have preferred, right? 
Mr. Atkinson's family reacted to the sentence by saying Monk had abused his position of trust um, in the callous attack. In the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement, they called for a change in the way black people, particularly men, are treated by police and the criminal justice system. As his fellow footballers take the knee, we hope that they will honour the memory of Dalian, they said. And I think that that's another thing that people need to understand. A lot of white people, and I'm going to say white people because I will say whatever the fuck I like on this podcast, okay? A lot of white people are looking at people like Marcus Rashford and um, Raheem Sterling kneeling after they're scoring the goals that are helping you to, your your free lions for coming home. They're helping you, they're scoring these things and they're taking a knee and you motherfuckers, you dusty, soulless fucking bitches, you crusty bottom-footed bitches are um, booing them thinking that, oh, well, it's just an American thing, isn't it? It was George Floyd. Why are they doing that over here? Do you know the number of black people who have been killed in police custody? Do you know the number in this, your country? And then here's a footballer who's experienced the same thing. So there are reasons why black men are kneeling on that pitch. And so rather than booing and throwing bananas or whatever the fuck, why don't you go and learn these things? Because if it were me, I promise you that football would not come home. I promise you, until you make right all of the wrongs that you have committed in the name of your empire, you will not smell that trophy. It will be 1360, what, 366, 2060, no, that's even too nice. 3066, the year will be the year 3066. If the earth hasn't completely gone by then, that will be when you'll smell that trophy. Until, Unless you say sorry, unless you do the things that you need to do in terms of re- re- reparations and all of them things there, no you will not smell that trophy. But who knows, maybe it is coming home, but what's going to come home with it? COVID and, and, you know, more variants and more fuckery because you were all out in the streets moving mad. But um, I say all of that to say that there is a reason that these black football players are doing what they're doing now. Like the amount of racism that they're subjected to by their own fucking fans, as well as other players and the, um, the industry, the FA as a whole and all of that, you don't, you don't take all of that into account that they still have to go through all of that and then still come and kick ball and score for your country. Madness. Madness. So it's not just the case of what's happening in America. It's what's happening right under our noses on our own soil. That is also a reason to kneel. Um, the IOPC regional director, Derek Campbell, said the police would need to work hard to restore and maintain the confidence of black communities following the sentence. You never had our confidence anyway. During the six-week trial at Birmingham Crown Court, jurors heard Monk and his co-accused colleague, PC Mary Ellen Betley Smith, what a name, had been called to Meadow Close at around 1.30 a.m. on the 15th of August. Mr. Atkinson was, amiss, uh, was in the midst of a mental breakdown and had been shouting outside his father's house claiming to be the Messiah. Judge Inman said he um, had suddenly lost touch with uh, reality and was unrecognisable to those who knew him at the scene. When the officers who were in um, in a relationship at the time arrived, they claimed to be terrified of the 48-year-old sportsman who had smashed a pane of glass on his father's door, or in his father's door. Monk deployed his laser three times, oh, sorry, his taser three times. Twice he was unsuccessful, but on a third occasion, jurors found he acted unlawfully, using excessive force by overriding the trigger to taser Mr. Atkinson for 33 seconds. While Mr. Atkinson lay on the ground, the officer kicked him twice in the head with enough force to leave imprints of his bootlaces while PC Betley Smith struck him with her baton and you you stupid crusty bitch I hope you burn in hell um, Mr. Atkinson, who had a number of underlying health conditions, including renal failure, died in the hospital just over an hour after the confrontation. 
In interviews, Monk would downplay the force he used while exaggerating the risk posed by the footballer who had also played for Ipswich Town in Sheffield Wednesday. Um, however, the jury react rejected any claim that Mr. Atkinson's death resulted from reasonable self-defence in the line of duty. The head of the Crown Prosecution Service's Special Crime Division, Rosemary Ainsley, said, Policing is a difficult job and officers deserve our respect, but they are not exempt from the laws they uphold. Um, not getting my respect because they keep doing some fuck shit that they shouldn't be doing. And no matter how many workshops you go and do with them, you still hear wild things happening all of the time. But um, rest in peace, Dalian Atkinson, and a big fuck you to Monk and Betley um, Smith, who um, were liars. They did all that fuck shit and then tried to lie their way out of it. You can, you know, suck your mothers for an eternity. But um, I actually have a uh, a voice note that I think that um, coincides with that. Let's go. Hi, Kalechi. I hope you're doing well. Um, I just want to say, um, yeah, the, the police woman that wasn't found guilty of assault in the case regarding Dalian Atkinson, the black man, ex-football um, striker who's murdered. Um, all the people in that jury who decided unequivocally that she definitely wasn't guilty of assault, even though she hit him with her baton while he was on the ground because, you know, him being on the ground was a threat, they can all circumnavigate the globe and suck out their mothers. I mean, what more proof did they need? A man was lifeless on the ground and she still thought it was okay to hit him with her baton and somehow that's not assault. So, yeah, the, 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 the folks there who decided, oh, no, we can't, that's not enough evidence to, um, to, to, to show us if she's guilty or not, they can all suck out their mothers. That's all I want to say. Anyway, I hope you have a lovely week and take care of yourself and two slaps on your chest. Bye. That was beautiful. Can you see how concise that was? My God, that was that was as concise. That was an efficient dragging. I fucking love to see it. But that's that's exactly that's what we needed. That's what we needed because the white guy they got him, Benjamin. They got him, but you, they're like, oh no, she only whacked him with a baton, so mm, we can let her go. Really, really, he was on the ground. He'd been tasered for thirty three seconds. He'd been kicked in the head twice, and that and, and then she brought the baton in. Because that was necessary at that point. Because a black man's life is what, exactly? Like the, um, I wanted to say the caller, but that's probably what I'm going to call you lot now. The, the callers or the voice notice. Like the voice notice said, you can go circumnavigate the globe and go and suck out your mother for an eternity as well for the fuckery that you thought was acceptable to do. Um, and then finally, 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 let's end there because I can see these, this time just creeping up and I want to be done in the, um, under one and a half hours. I'm sure you don't want to hear me talking forever. To all the people who are celebrating the fact that Bill Cosby is being released from jail on a technicality because basically he, um, he admitted to drugging women prior, um, you know, before in a previous case. And so that somehow created a loophole for them to get him out of jail this time for this case um, that, you know, to, to get him out of the um, jail this time. Um, I mean, I think he technically just got out three months early. Um, they asked him to take a course that would show that he felt remorse for the things that he'd done and he refused, um, but he still got out anyway. And that's what can happen, not because of innocence, but because he has really powerful lawyers 
who were able to do that. So um, meanwhile, you know, before you start talking, Harvey Weinstein's still in there. So you can't make your stupid comparisons anymore because Harvey Weinstein is still in jail, right? Because you're always like, oh, but the white men get to roam free and drug and rape women. So why can't black men, which seems to be some of your arguments. And I don't know why you feel like it makes sense in your um, head, but that's on you. But to all the people who were celebrating that, I need you to know that you're ashy. I need you to know that you're disgusting and you definitely shouldn't be celebrating someone who's guilty as fuck. Oh, but he's old. Okay. Okay. Well, he should have considered that all those years ago when he was out there raping women, that one day he would be old and one day he would pay for his transgressions. He would pay for his crimes. And while I still feel like we can discuss the criminal justice system, we can discuss the prison industrial um, complex and how it needs to not be a thing. While it is a thing, anybody who's out here just being extremely violent towards women um, and children and all of that stuff, um, they should, they should be in there. They really should be in there. And especially someone like Cosby, who doesn't strike me as somebody that feels any remorse, right? Um, it's just really, it's just really messed up. I don't care how old he is. I don't care whether he got COVID in there. I don't care about any of the things that you're talking about because how many women accuse him of sexual assault and you lot are out here celebrating, rappers out here celebrating, talking about hot boy summer or whatever, because he's coming out. First of all, he can't do no hot boy summer. He's going to be doing a hot boy burial. He can't be doing no hot boy summer. Like he's, he's past it. He needs to go and re relax. Yeah. But his own hot boy summer should be somewhere, um, not even in a retirement home. It should be far, far away from other human beings and just be there. Stay where you are. And that hot boy summer that you're going to have, is going to be a hot boy summer in hell. In the seventh circle of hell is where you're going to be having your um, hot boy summer with all the demons. That's where you'll be celebrating and you'll be doing your cookouts. And that's what you deserve. You nasty piece of shit for doing all the things that you were out here doing to women and just strutting out of that jail because you had enough money to get for people to get you out and Felicia Rashad, you are so disappointing. You are such a disappointing woman. For you to be out here, I'm glad that Janet Hubert was just like, oh, sis, what are you doing? Like, we haven't heard these things talked about Bill Cosby from years and years and years ago. Then nasty, crusty people are saying to her, well, why didn't you not say anything then? As if you don't understand the way that power works. Even in this day and age, women are still speaking up about the sexual assault that they face and still nothing is being done. And you're talking about, oh, why didn't you not say anything then? Then, when there was no social media, when there was no way of really getting enough people, galvanizing, mobilizing enough people to support you and protect you. You're like, why didn't they say anything then? Then they'll be blackballed and talked about as if they're black and difficult and nobody wants to work with them. And you lot will believe that, not question why these black women aren't being worked with. Maybe that is because they said, oh, don't touch me there because I will kick you down. I will lick you down. Um, so yeah, it's just an never-ending cycle and people pretend like they don't know this, like they don't know the real answers. They're being deliberately obtuse and I'm really fucking tired of it. I'm actually sick of it. But um, yeah, Bill Cosby, I hope you have your hot boy summer in hell. And um, for all the people who were supporting him, I hope you lot suck your mothers for an eternity. And when you also make it down there to the seventh circle of hell, I hope you all have a great time. I will hope you all put on concerts and you dance on hot coals and fire and um, that your feet burn for 20,000 years. That's what I really want for you. Anyway, that's that for this week's episode of um, <laughs> of Straw of the Week. That's, this, um, that's that for this week's episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What, that's right suck your mum. I have been Kelechi for, and um, I've enjoyed doing this for you today. So remember, you can send your voice notes and your letters to sym at kelechiokafor.com. 
and you can support the podcast on patreon.com forward slash say your mind especially sorry forward slash kalechiaka for so that's patreon.com forward slash kalechiaka for especially if you want to get yourself one-to-one tarot readings you want to be on there for when I announce any slots that I have available you can follow me on at kalechnikov or at say your mind pod and yeah I think that's that I think I've covered any everything so um yeah have a great week look after yourselves keep yourself moisturized and lubricated and I'll catch you on the flip side peace it's the Ben's Brunani woman is baby boys baby girls you need to hear this Help you sit down sit down receive this realness make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sippy yo hard time scrolling for your long shorts you might learn something you never know Collect you find and she's one of a kind don't say you mind say you mind